I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, indeed, we'll help you keep it running. Thanks to the help we get from ASC certified technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Morning, Dan. Good, good to see you. Good morning. Good to be here. And your lovely bride, Linda. I haven't yeah. seen Linda in, I can't, I can't even tell you how many years it's been. I don't think ever down here. And no, not think, in the studio. I don't think in no. 25 years she's never been here. Must have been least. something I said. Yeah, no, no. It's no? <laughs> <laughs> the hour of the day. <laughs> oh, maybe that's it, yeah. Uh, if you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Dan has helped us out here in CCO for over 20 years, helping you out uh, with your automotive questions. And uh, the deal is... If you have issues with your car, truck, or van, and you have to bring it in to your favorite dealer, your favorite shop, at least you'll be armed with a little more information that you maybe didn't have before. So a couple of ways to talk to Dan. Uh, you can call him, 651-989-9226. We've cleared the lines. So you could use the phone number, 651-989-9226. Or certainly you can send a text like some folks have already done. That number is 81807. 81807. So what's it been like at Lloyd's Automotive there in beautiful Grand Avenue? You guys are busy. I mean, there's a cold. Well, it's it's, it's not, not. Yeah, it's it not what it was. Not right. It's uh, the the you know that that first cold wave or two, which we have not had for years. Right. I mean, right. this was an epic year for batteries and and cold weather related stuff. But the the uh, the cold weather that we've had, uh, you know, you get you get a couple blasts of it, and after that, the cars are all fixed. Yeah. And, you know, the the other thing that makes us busy is the first snow emergency because in St. Paul, there so many people park on the streets. And, and so that car that's been sitting there for a month now has to move. And, and so it urges them on to get it in and get it fixed. And, and so the first snowfall, we see a bunch of the snowbirds come in. And there was a, a point there in that frigid cold where if you needed a tow, you may have to wait a long time. A day. Yeah, it'd yeah. be tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was a. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, the towing companies weren't even answering their phones anymore. Because it was so crazy. Why take, why take any more lists? Because by the time we get to you, it's there. You're not going to want it anymore. Yeah, there was a text. Uh, if you talk about a battery, and the texter says battery is seven years old. Is it time to replace it? Well, I would, but uh, if you want to be conservative, you can take it in to pretty much anywhere, and they'll be glad to test it for you, probably for free, and uh, and see what it says. There's two ways of testing it. One is uh, is electric electronically. There's they have these fancy new uh, battery testers that that you've seen the you know the tow trucks use and so forth, and uh, and they work well. They're accurate, and uh, you put in the cold that the amount of power the battery is supposed to have. The the car tests it, and and then it will. Uh, it will tell you whether it needs a battery or not. And then the other way is to actually load test the battery. To simulate uh, cranking the car for 15 seconds, you uh, calculate how much the starter would normally draw, which is usually around 200 amps, and then you load the battery for 15 seconds to simulate that and see how low the voltage goes. And if it stays over 10 volts for that period of time, then the battery is still good. Still pretty good. Yeah. All right. 
651-989-9226. Let's see, Kelly in West St. Paul is on the phone. Kelly, you're on with Dan. Hi, Dan. I've got the answers to why fuel mileage decreases in the wintertime. I want to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. It's three major categories. The first one is since all the lubricants are thicker and stiffer, everything that turns, transmissions, differentials, constant velocity joints, wheel bearings, takes more power to turn those, which in turn uses more fuel. The second category is in cold weather, engines tend to stay on enrichment longer, thus using more fuel, especially if people just let their cars warm up. It takes them longer to get out of that enrichment cycle. And incidentally, idling to warm up your car is a total waste of fuel that people forget about frequently. The third area is the fuel itself. First, I want to clarify something. All regular gasoline is 10% ethanol by law year-round. It never changes. It's always 10%. But the gasoline fraction does change. In the wintertime, they increase the vapor pressure of the gas by adding more light and volatile compounds to the gasoline in the wintertime, and that has less energy per gallon Therefore, winter gasoline has less energy per gallon, and therefore you get less miles per gallon with winter gasoline. Kelly, is there a third element to this? This is the, th- this uh, is the third thing is the uh, fuel. The oh. first is rolling resistance. The second okay. is uh, idle, I mean, warm-up cycle enrichment, and the third is the fuel. fuel. Wow, wow. I'll yeah, tell you, that's, he's, he's on top Kelly, of it. He and is. That, that is very accurate and, and way better put than I've, ever, uh, than I've ever put it. He did his research and did a good job on it. So, so the I ethanol think, is not just during the winter. It's year no, I, We knew that. You it's, said that yeah, last week, I thought I that they changed. I thought that it went up in the wintertime, and, and apparently he's saying it doesn't. So uh, I'm not sure about that, but... But uh, at any rate, that's that's no, that's a very good description of Excellent. of all of that. You know, and Denny, when when a customer brings in a car stalled off the tow truck and it's been sitting outside overnight when it's twenty below, it takes the whole shop to go out there and push that car in. So <laughs> that rolling resistance is is it's significant. Real. Yeah, that's a really oh, big deal. That's, that's true. All yeah. right, Maggie is calling from St. Louis Park with a question. Hi, Maggie. What's your question? Hi, I've got a 2005 Saturn View, just the standard version. My back passenger door does not open from either the inside or the out. Is there anything? I I mean, I don't know what to do. Yeah, that's a tricky deal. And uh, something broke in the door latch. Uh, So... Somebody will have to be able to access that door latch, which means which means the center or the uh, inside door panel will need to come off, which is a complicated thing to do uh, when the door is closed uh, because the seat's in the way and so forth. We have I've never not been able to do it, so it it always uh, there's always a way to make that happen. A worst case scenario is maybe the back seat would have to be removed, but at any rate. Uh, there's a way to get that inner panel off and get in there and get the door open, and then once you get the door open, then it uh, then it can be repaired. It might it might require replacing the door latch or something like that, but but it's if, doable. Yeah, if you take and, and I I don't think you want 
you or anyone else to try and attempt that on your own. It's probably too complicated to uh, to try and do. I would probably bring it in and have a professional do it for you. Okay, very good. Dan, we have to take a quick break. Uh, we have textures we want to get to and more callers as well. 651-989-9226 or send a text if that's easier. And they're coming in. 81 81- Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Beautiful Grand Avenue. Uh, For those folks who are listeners and maybe some visitors in town who may be needing some help, where do they find Lloyd's? We are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington and Victoria on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Uh, You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-I-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Or give us a call. I think uh, Nick will be there this morning. Okay. 651-228-1316. Very good. I want to go back to the phones, Dan, but a, a texter sent this in earlier today. We don't normally do body work here as far as body shop yeah. work, but is there something, texter says, I can use to bond a carbon fiber bumper, uh, slid into a snowbank, and it broke away from uh, on one of the uh, support brackets? Yeah. we No, there's not a good way to uh, – a glue. If, if you're looking for a glue to glue that back on, uh, there's probably uh, not a good – thing that will really hold and last. However, uh, we've been very successful at uh, being able to get those reinstalled and uh, not the conventional way of installing it, but with tech screws and clamps and whatever, we've usually been able to get them hung back on the car and looking pretty good. Oh, so good. I think if you bring it into a shop and have somebody help you with that, you'll, uh, you'll be surprised how good it can look. Good deal. Let's go back to the phones, Dan. Uh, Clancy is calling from... Uh, Clancy, where are you calling from? Summerfield, Florida. I suppose you're going to tell me the temperature. Well, it's only 55 right now, but it'll warm up in a little bit. Oh, very <laughs> good. You'll have to deal with it. Well, what can we help you with, Clancy? I've got a 94 Lincoln Town Car that uh, we put about 3,000 miles on it. It's our winter car. Anyway, uh, the front end, uh, I have a bag, uh, airbag light code 14, Front uh, impact sensor shorted to ground. Wire is good. Need sensor no longer available. What can I do? Can I? Uh, can we? Can we? Uh, will the other uh, other airbags work? And will uh, if not, can we take like uh, fuse out and turn that light off? Uh, probably. Probably neither of those. Uh, the. If the if the entire airbag system uh, does not pass its self test, uh, it'll flag the uh, the code and turn the light on. And uh, short of taking the dash apart and taking the bulb out, there's probably no way to to bypass that. The fact that the sensor is not available, I wonder about that. I think that if you did some research and started, uh, uh, you know, searching around the country with clubs and forums and and you know there's some there's some some Lincoln clubs around the country the end they would have access to that or an aftermarket one or something I would I would be surprised if you can't get one of those somewhere or even a good used one mm. uh, it's the sensor out in front out by the bumper so that if you are in a crash the sensor uh, you know indicates that the crash happens and deploys the airbags and uh, 
But I think that if you looked around hard, you'd be able to find Do a little more detective work. Yeah, I think so. Good. Good luck, Clancy. Thanks for calling from Summerfield, Florida. Chad is calling a little closer to home from Woodbury. Uh, Chad, what can we do for you? Good morning, Dan. Good morning. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Uh, 2016 uh, Hyundai Tucson with a small four-cylinder. It's got a turbo, nice little engine. But I have an odd thing uh, that might be thermostat, but I'd like to get your opinion. Um, Started up. I'm driving it down the road. The uh, heat indication needle will be colder, deader than a doornail, right? If I turn my heater off and the fan off or, you know, the heating ensemble, if I just turn it off, within two minutes, the engine heat is right up to where it should be, then go back to turning on and requesting heat through the normal process comes through just fine. But until I do that, it it remains, the engine display is very cold and most of the air coming out. Is that likely thermostat or something else? That is likely thermostat. Um you know, by, by turning on your heater, you're adding radiator to the vehicle. So, you know, you're in, increasing the, the uh, cooling capacity, and, and if the thermostat's not closing and controlling that properly, then uh, you're, you're taking too much heat out of the vehicle, and it makes the engine run cold. So uh, that's what's going on, and Denny, we're going to fix that we're in your car this <laughs> Tony's, week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that's likely the thermostat. All right. Very good, Chad. Thank you for the call. Uh, 651-989-9226. I know we have to break shortly, but just a reminder, Dan will be here for about another 15 minutes. So if you want to ask your question, call us or send Dan your text. Text number is 81807. Uh, Let's see. Let's grab a text before we break. Uh, Somebody was asking about an F-350, 2014 F-350. Have you ever heard of a thing called a death wobble? A death wobble, a no. death wobble. No, don't know that. Okay. Yeah. They want to know what they can do about it. <laughs> First, I've heard of that myself. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know what's causing the wobble, but uh, uh, I, and so I'd, I'd have to find out what's causing the wobble. Yeah. I'm sure that it can be fixed, uh, but I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what they're describing. I'd like to find a shop, Texter says, to rebuild my 327 engine and my 67 Chevy wagon. For two thousand bucks, is that doable? I think? think that probably is doable. Okay, and uh, I think with a little research, you you would find there. You know, there's still some rebuilders around town. Yeah, that are that uh, uh, rebuild engines, and especially the older ones are very simple, and uh, parts are readily available. So I think that uh, if that's your budget, if you do a little research, I think that you will find uh, a shop that will be able to handle that for you. All right, very good. Hang on, Dan. We'll take a quick break. Folks on the line, stay there. When we come back briefly, we'll uh, we'll pick up on your phone calls and your text messages as well. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. 15 degrees in the Twin Cities. We're in our last few minutes of our car care show. Denny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Dan, I want to get uh, back to the phone calls and text messages, but we we're talking about this death wobble that uh, you and I were kind of shaking yeah, our heads. Right. Uh, my brother, thank you, Jack, who lives out east, said the death wobble, I just got this, is a creative term coined by Jeep owners that describes a situation when the front axle begins violently oscillating causing the car to shake or wobble in a manner which makes the vehicle hard to control. Yeah. You've heard of that? I have. Well, I've, actually, we fixed it. I just didn't oh, know okay. that that's what they called it. But but it's a good description because the uh, when it happens, the, the front wheels 
do it's more than a wobble. I mean, it violently it'll shake the uh, it'll shake the wheel right out of your hand, and it's dangerous. And the wow. only way to get it out of it is to actually stop the vehicle, let it settle down again, and then and then take off again. On a Jeep, I'm not sure about that F-350, but on a Jeep, there's a steering dampener. It actually looks like a shock absorber hmm. that's designed to take care of that. And when that steering dampener is worn out, uh, then the, the, the death wobble will happen. And, uh, and it usually the, the wobble usually starts by hitting a bump. And then, it, like I say, the only way to get out of it is to slow the vehicle down to almost a stop. Wow. And then it will settle down, and then you'll be fine again. Thanks to my brother yeah. for doing that. Yeah. There'll be a little something extra. In the Does name. he have a Jeep? He must know no, that. No, he must know no, that. He does not. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got, uh, he does a little research from yeah. time to time. All right. Let's get back to the phones, Dan. We've got folks waiting. Uh, John in Coon Rapids is first up here. John, thanks for waiting. What's your question? I have a uh, 2002 Chevy Malibu, and I can't get the hood open. It uh, feels like the cable, when you pull it, is frozen, but uh, it was fine last week when I checked you out. Yeah. They... Uh, there again, it, it's sometimes tricky to get those open. If the cable has come disconnected uh, or fallen out of its slots, uh, sometimes they're hard to get to. But uh, I've never not been able to get one open. There's a way to get in there and and uh, and get the you know get the cable or if the cable is not working properly, there's usually a way to get in there and and release it. Uh, one thing that I'll suggest for you: it takes two people. Is while you're pulling on the on the cable. Uh, a little bit more than gently, not too hard, but a little bit more than gently, you pull on the cable and have somebody go out and tap on the hood, and uh, oftentimes that will will uh, release. Hmm. And then if that is the case, if it does release, then make sure you spray some lubricant on the hood latch, and that will take care of your problem for you. Very good. Thanks, John. See who's next. Tom is calling from Belgrade with a question. Tom, what's your question for Dan? Hi, Dan. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have an 07 Ford Taurus with a mere 257,000 miles on it, and my uh, battery light comes on intermittently. I put a new alternator in last winter and a new battery. When I go out with a multimeter and check it, it's charging at 15.2 to or 15.02 to about 15.09 volts, and when the light's on. Otherwise, it's about 14 and a half. So it's overcharging just slightly. Um, wondering what your idea is on that. Well, I would. The, um, I regular would, part of the alternator, if I'm not mistaken. It is, and I think that's probably what's wrong. And so what my recommendation would be, I think you should take that alternator back and ask them to warranty it for you. And uh, I'm sure that'll take care of the problem for you. All right, I'll tell you what. Thank you, Tom. Let's go to Pat. We're getting calls from all over the place this morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pat? Pat, where are you calling from? Uh Pat is my wife. Uh, she called in. This is Dave from Aladdin, Aladdin Wyoming. Aladdin, Wyoming. Well, wel- welcome. Well, what can we do for you guys? I have a 2007 Silver Idol that has an intermittent electrical problem. And uh, I was just wondering if you could listen to that. Yeah, tell me about it. What kind of electrical problem are you having? Well, the door locks cycle up and down. This is when you're going down the highway door locks will cycle up and down about once a second. The gauges kind of jump around in sync with that. And sometimes the engine will falter. The headlights will flash and flicker. And, uh, yeah, it sounds like there's a, like a, 
one of the major uh, powers or grounds has a bad connection. And uh, the fact that the, that the uh, door locks are cycling like that means that they're, something's happening. They're, they're losing its uh, signal and then getting the signal back. And, of course, that's why they're, they're cycling like that. But the fact that there's so many things involved would tell me that it's one of the major connections, maybe a, maybe a power or a ground probably near the battery. Uh, that's where I would start to look. But, uh, but something that's connecting all those things together uh, it would be a pretty significant, uh, uh, probably a power, but at any rate, that the repair would be to you know get out the wiring diagram, see what's common about all that stuff, and then uh, go look there. Okay, thank you, Pat. Mary Jane is calling from Minneapolis. Mary Jane, what uh, what's the issue there? Well, good morning. I have a two thousand and two Buick, and the handles on that car is you know you have to put your four fingers on there and you just lift it up. Well, something happened to those handles where that one for the driver's door does not open. It just goes up and it's stuck. And it goes back down and and, it, and I lift it back up and it's stuck again and it doesn't open. So I don't know what causes that. So I got to go into the car the other way and open it from the inside. Yeah, and that's that's really inconvenient. I that, know. Yeah, that know. door handle is actually a plastic uh, handle and uh, inside the door that handle's broken. Um, and so the, the handle will need to be replaced. It's not a complicated repair. Uh, the only trick is you have to take the inner door panel off uh, in order to access that door handle. But uh, we do them all the time, and, and it's, not, it's not too bad. It's not, it's not too expensive. It doesn't take too long. But uh, that's what will have to happen is that handle will have to be replaced. Okay, Mary Jane, thank you for the call. You know, let's pick up on some text messages, Dan. Somebody wants to get a, a used car. I need to get a used car, Texter says. How do I get started? Well, there's plenty of places you can find used cars, but I know they should probably take it into a place like Lloyd's to get it checked out. That's worth it, isn't it? Yeah. You know, if you look on the uh, Internet, there's places like Car Soup. Or yeah. <laughs> actually, uh, if you know what kind of car you're looking for, if you just uh, – put it in your one of the Google searches uh, of that particular car, there's a whole bunch of places in town yeah. that will be happy to send you information Absolutely. about it. And, yeah. and, in fact, it will get annoying for you after a while of uh, how, many, how, how connected they are to knowing that you're searching for that car. But uh, they'll show up all over. And then, and then my advice, just as you said, Denny, once you find what you're looking for, uh, make sure you bring it into an independent shop, a different shop, and have it checked, and and uh, be sure that it is all that you're that you're try- that you think you're buying. And if you if they don't allow you to do that, that yeah, might be a red flag. Yeah, don't buy it. Yeah, okay, no, they they have to allow you to do all that right. for sure. There's a text that says this: uh, Is it possible that my truck starts better in cold weather when I use my remote start, or doesn't that make a difference? It should not make a difference. I, I don't think so. I, yeah, I wouldn't know unless unless you uh, inadvertently are getting your foot. Uh, into the pedal when you're starting it just out of habit. But, uh, no, it, it should start the same either way. Uh, Texter says this, uh, Dan, uh, what is it? I don't know if you, I know you don't have the, the, all the dollars in front of you. What does it cost to have a head gasket fixed or replaced in a Stratus? Uh, I have no idea. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. It's expensive. <laughs> okay. For starting. Depend, especially depending upon how much head work needs to be done once you get the head off. But, uh, at, at, at the very best case, it's expensive. Uh, we had a caller earlier from uh, Florida, 
and uh, whose name was Clancy. And some texter said, "Say can Clancy in Florida take in a few boarders? Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't that be right? Yes. Now, uh, another text, oh, let's do this. A 2004 Taurus is still stalling when warmed up and freeway, sp- uh, and freeway speed or less. Uh, replaced the fuel pump and filter, plugs and wires, oil. Now the oil light flickers lightly at times. Huh. Well, what could the, that mean? Yeah, well, the, um, the stalling I don't know about. There's, there's weight. That's, I don't have enough information to do much yeah. about that. But the, the flickering oil light, if the engine's not idling fast enough, that'll cause the oil light to flicker. If the engine is running fine and the oil light is, is flickering, then what we need to do is, is uh, test the oil pressure and see if it's actually low enough to cause the light to flicker. Uh, if the oil pressure is fine and your oil light is flickering, then the pressure switch will need to be replaced. We have to let you and Linda head out into the chill morning air. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. We're actually walking over to the uh, to the NFL uh, Super Bowl breakfast this morning. Oh, good. Morning, so, All right. Yeah. Well, there's uh, just a little light snow falling, so it should be a nice It'll be walk. pretty. Yeah. Linda, it's good to see you again. Thanks for coming in. Dan, how do we get in touch with Lloyd's Automotive? You can give us a call at 651-228-1316. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.com. Dot net. Dot net. <laughs> Thank Sorry. you. I'm here to serve. <laughs> I looked at Julie and I got distracted. <laughs> or you can uh, come on over. We're at 982 Grand Avenue. In St. Paul. And a beautiful Grand Avenue it is. Thanks, Dan. You bet. We'll see you next week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.